Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Hey, welcome into a Fast Break Friday edition of the Morning Rush. Basketball tomorrow against Vanderbilt, 1 o'clock. We'll have pregame coverage beginning at 12 with the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast, followed by Chuck and Z getting you ready for the Razorbacks, trying to go into Nashville and get a win. Kind of a weird setup. I know a lot of you have watched road games at Vanderbilt before. It's kind of weird how the coaches are at both ends of the floor rather than nutritionally on the sidelines. I know Eric Musselman and company would love to get a road win. This is not a perennial Vanderbilt team by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a team that you should be able to beat, even though you've had struggles on the road to this point and struggle shooting. Maybe you get hot starting this Saturday. we got NFL playoffs coming this weekend. I know a lot of people are excited about the Dallas Cowboys. Chiefs are on that bye because they earned it in the first round of the AFC, but we'll talk about that coming up. Kevin Warren moving on from the Big Ten to the Chicago Bears, which was an intriguing story that we'll get into, and a whole lot more this morning, Tommy. It's Fast Break Friday. It's brought to you by QC Kinetics. You don't have to go through another year with knee pain, back pain, joint pain anywhere in your body. QC Kinetics has a solution using regenerative medicine from your own body. They're unique protocols using the healing agents in your body to repair and target aching joints in your body. Appointments are available as quick as next week, 479-999-1234, We'll tell you more throughout the morning about our friends at QC Kinetics. Chuck's going to join us in about 30 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on the Alabama loss Wednesday night and what he's kind of looking for this team and how they're going to respond against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Tommy, you're 1-3 right now in conference play. You really don't want to get in the 1-4 hole. You're kind of in the same situation that Kentucky finds themselves in. They have a brutal away game this weekend in Knoxville, Tennessee, where the number four Vols are licking their chops, ready to smack them around a little bit. Not exactly in the same situation, but still a road game where you have not been good this year. Well, if you just look at the overall numbers, and I think right now you're playing for maybe three or four best in this league, you've used your card up that you can kind of let one at home get away from you. Now you got to go steal one on the road. I think you, you'd like to win these next four playing Vanderbilt Saturday, I think a road trip to Missouri is not going to be easy. Then you're home for Ole Miss, which appears to be one of the bottom teams in the league. I think it's LSU after that. Feels like you need to, to win four in a row, but that seems like a giant ask for this team right now. Yeah, I I think that that's something that you just do it one at a time. I remember when they – I was actually talking with a former player earlier this week that was on that team two years ago. They were two and four. We forget they got racked 
by LSU and Alabama in the same week, and then all they had that hard practice that we talked about, and then they came back and I think won 12 or 13 straight. This team last year was in a 1-3 and three hole and then got out of it. So I guess at least there's prior precedent, but then Musk kept hammering home the point this is more of an uphill battle than we've had the last two years. This is not the same team. They're offensively challenged. I just don't know how you score when the paint is so congested, the whole idea of being able to back cut and go back door and cut is the illusion that you can shoot and that they have to be aware of beyond the perimeter. Tommy, no one on the perimeter can shoot right now. So there's no reason for teams not to just sit in the lane the whole time. That's going to make it so much more difficult to score in conference games. That's why it's why you got to win this game and, and all your games moving forward with defense right now. If you can't score, how do you win? Well, you keep the other team from scoring. So if Arkansas is not going to be able to shoot from outside, you don't have a player you can turn to to be the go-to player. There will be streaks. There will be games where they make, you know, 8 of 18 or something from 3. I mean, but it won't be consistent. It's going to be the problem. They'll have nights where they fill it up. But so what do you do? you got to win games 58-57. you got to find ways to – because Arkansas is not going to be a team that can score in the 70s very often uh, against most teams, against the better teams in this league. If you want to beat the teams that appear to be in the hunt for – that first day by still at uh, the SEC tournament. So I think you got to tighten up your defense and uh, you got to tighten up free throw shooting. How do you get points on the board? Well, you probably are going to have to find a way to get to the line and improve that average into the mid to upper 20s. You've been around that number. And one thing I think you can improve on as the year goes on, Ty, is free throw shooting. So Figure out how to get 20 points at the line, maybe 40 points from the floor, and give yourself a chance to win with defense. Yeah, hit the nail on the head. you got to hit some free throws. You're second to last in the league right now in that. You're last in the league right now in three-point shooting. And you said it yesterday. No one expects right now this team to make a one or two seed in the NCAA tournament. But there are seeds right now that are attainable, three, four, five, maybe six. Just depends on where you fall. The good thing is the Southeastern Conference right now looks good based on where they played non-conference teams. Now you have some teams that didn't play a lick of a schedule this past season, or this past offseason, excuse me. But you do have some teams that competed and competed tough, Alabama being one of those. You would have loved to have that win. You didn't get it, so you got to move on from that. And you still got some marquee, especially road games coming up on your schedule. You've got to build some momentum so when you do step foot in a Thompson Bowling Arena, or you do step foot in the Coleman Coliseum, you don't get waxed by 20 or 30, and they're just coming back to the, the, the table and saying, what do we do to fix this? Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be an uphill battle, but I think you can you can tighten your defense up a little bit. You can. I, do you believe you can improve free throw shooting during the year? I do. So I think those are some areas you can control. I don't think you can create a shooter or someone just that's going to give you 25 consistently. I, I don't think you can fix that in practice, but maybe between council and uh, and Anthony Black and and someone off the bench that night, you you know they can give you thirty something or around thirty combined, and then everybody else combined for ten. If you can get twenty at the line, you be around sixty and try to win games ugly. That's I think that's what you're going to have to do is reconfigure the formula. We played a kid in in the high school playoffs back when I was in school from Moralton. He was a lefty, and he hit six threes on us in the state playoffs and. Coach asked him, it's like, what was his deal? And he goes, yeah, he shot 500 threes this morning. And we were like, good grief. And yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on the on the three-pointers compared to free throws. I think these guys can shoot. They just don't have any confidence right now. I'm not saying they're Rodney Clark, 
Pat Bradley, Al Dillard, Marvin Dell for any of the greats you've had. But shooting sometimes is just about confidence. And free throws, free throws is more about practice. Shooting is about confidence. Free throws, they got to get in the gym, man. I mean, this is abysmal. This is pathetic. If your strength is supposed to be getting to the cup, getting to the rack, and drawing contact, you, you have to execute the second half of what you're trying to do. And that's when you get to line, you got to hit them. I mean, 65% is not going to get it done against a top five team in the country. It's just not. So you have to, again, if you're going to put all that work and effort of getting to the paint, Tommy, you have to finish on the other end. It's like a defensive possession when you do everything right except let the other team get an offensive rebound. Like you you close out high hands and everything, but you have to finish the play, finish the possession. They're not finishing the possession on offense right now. No, and uh, right now they're they kind of the ball gets stuck, or they made a few bad passes. They don't get it in the right spot, and then they settle for a shot with four, five, six, maybe seven on the shot clock. That is not what you want. So I don't know how you get more flow to that offense, but uh, but that's that's one thing that uh, I'm sure they they're working on uh, getting ready for tomorrow's game in Nashville. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. You saw some better flashes of this offense on Wednesday night against Alabama, but then Brady Miller and Noah Clowney just started hitting some threes, and that 13-0 run killed you down the stretch. We'll react to that game with Chuck and preview the Vanderbilt game. Tommy, coming up here on Fast Break Friday. Yeah, it's all brought to you by QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. If your back hurts, your shoulder hurts, maybe you couldn't sleep on your left or right side last night because of joint pain. I, I used to be that way in my left shoulder. QC Kinetics has fixed me up. They've got a great treatment program that doesn't involve any surgery, no prescription drugs or drugs of any kind, and no downtime. In fact, everything they use to heal your body comes from your body. It's all natural, and they have appointments available next week. Here's the number you should call, 479-999-1234. Uh, make 23 the year you say goodbye to joint pain. That's 479 479- Nine 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 one two three four for QC Kinetics. Uh, good morning, Chuck. Guys, how's it going this morning? Man, it's Friday. We got NFL playoffs starting up. We got another Arkansas basketball game. Got some other it's news. Got a lot going on. A lot going on, man. Yeah. So let's jump back in Wednesday night. I'm going to be honest, man. I, I thought Bud Wallen and company were going to do it. And they, I mean, Graham hits that hook shot over uh, Betty Ako, two-point game, and then they're their first-round picks just kind of took over. Boy, they sure did, didn't they? I mean, they really did. Both of them, you know, good players like that, great players like that, you give them an inch, and that's plenty. And that's kind of what happened with those those three shots, the one that Clowney hit and the two that Miller hit. I mean, they were pure. They were big-time shots. And, um, you know, I may be wrong on this. I I just kind of watching the game at the end, I, I, I thought Arkansas defensively looked tired. 
at the end, maybe just a, I, I won't even say a half step slow, maybe a quarter step slow. And, you know, Musk talked about how they, you know, they defended the dribble handoff in a way that maybe they hadn't during the, the rest of the game. They didn't do it the right way at the end. And I wondered when he was saying that, you know, did fatigue have something to do with that? You know, they're at the, uh, they're at the end of the game. But, um, you know, Alabama had them outmanned. I mean, I did think two or three times during the game, I thought, man, what if Brazil and Smith were here? I mean, it's a pretty good game right now. But what if they were here? I mean, you could have one of those classics. But, of course, they weren't, and it turned out the way it did. But Alabama's really good. I mean, they could, they could end up in the Final Four. I know Devo didn't have yeah. his best offensive game, but Chuck, he was, I mean, he shut down Miller. He didn't get a sniff of the basket in the first half, and that, yeah. that's a lottery pick, and he's given oh, up yeah. six inches on him. Yeah, I mean, he um, um, he did a great job. You know, he, he, he got some help. I mean, he always gets some help, but yeah, he did a great job on uh, Miller. And I mean, you know, as we've discussed before, they take a lot of pride in maybe not necessarily shutting down, but keeping the other team's best player well below their average. And, you know, Miller still finished below his average, but, man, those 14 in the second half, every single one of them seemed big. Yeah. Seems to me, and we were talking earlier, what do you do moving forward? You know, must seem to, I don't know if dejected is the right word, defeated wouldn't be the right word, but, man, I think you just, you know, everybody's looking for a shooter, looking for offense. What do you do there? I, I think you got to win, win these games moving forward. Maybe just win them ugly. Win them with defense. Try to beat people 58-57. Free throws and good defense, I think, has is, is got to be key to the recipe because oh. I don't think you're just going to invent a shooter. No, I, I think you've got to do everything else well. Um, and, yeah. and that's not a guarantee when you do everything else well. But that's the, uh, you know, that's the only shot that you've got. I thought he was frustrated. I, I just thought he was frustrated yeah. after the game. He's got a couple of really big bullets. I mean, a couple of silver ones. That you know he was counting on being part of uh, you know being being part of the rotation. I mean he was uh, he was counting on Brazil and Smith carrying a lot of the load. Just to be frank about it, and you know now they're not there, and he's got a couple of parts that he doesn't have that's not of his doing, and I'm sure that frustrates him. I mean, how could it not? And it's all out of his control. That's the other right. thing he doesn't like. That's at all, my point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I say the, it's the, out when of his... they return, if they return, all that stuff. Right, and, and well, we know Brazil's not coming back, and that's the frustrating part. And, you know, he said after the game, it's going to be a much difficult, much more difficult climb this year than it's been the last two years. And I'll be honest with you, I, I've, I've thought that for a couple of weeks now, and I think it's becoming pretty obvious because, you know, this is not Justin Smith winning or missing five games. This is not Moses Moody. Uh, missing a couple of three weeks. I mean, you know, Brazil's not coming back, and um, it's beginning to sound like, you know, we've said this before, I hate to even say it, it's beginning to sound like Smith may be back at some point. But, you know, right now, this is what they got, and you're right. I mean, you got to do everything well because you can't just wave a magic wand and become a great shooting team. So you bring up Nick Smith. Uh, we need to make a point of clarification right now. Nick Smith's dad did not call in yesterday. A yeah, supposed kind of... friend of Nick Smith's dad calling to KABC. There's a big difference on that. That was told allegedly by Nick Smith's dad that Nick is going to play at Arkansas. Because I've seen thousands of tweets about this, and it, we just need to be we need to make that point right now that Nick Smith's dad did not call in yesterday and say that. It needs to be hey, clear every... about that. 
every guy I know from Little Rock's best friends with Nick Smith Senior right now. Man. Um, now, my, my my understanding is guy's name was Zippy Chuck. That's what he went well, by, Zippy. Well, what I understand, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had the the friend was on the radio, and the father texted some kind of confirmation from what I yeah you know, that's 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 what I've been told and. Look, you hear something new every day on this, and um, as I've said before, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but as I've said before, when when he's out there, I'll be happy, and I'll believe it when I see it. And with all due respect, I might rather have a text from Rich Paul and Clutch than I would Dick Smith Sr., honestly, at this point. To, yeah, You're not taking Zippy out out to, word, Tommy. Yeah, I, I might want Rich Paul's uh, confirmation on a text as much as I yeah. want the family's. Jeez, and it's a weird deal. Chuck, you you were kind of referencing it on the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast yesterday, and you just did now. I mean, it was it was one of the things with Isaiah three years ago, I think five games. Justin, a couple years ago, he came back for the Alabama game, but still wasn't 100% right. Uh, last year, he dealt with some stuff, but like, I help me on this. I don't remember a season-ending injury the last three years, unless I'm just forgetting one well certainly not to a player of brazil's yeah and this is just a completely different deal that we're dealing with so my question would be which of the and you miss them both which one are they missing more are they missing what was supposedly going to be their best player are they missing the most versatile player in trevin brazil well i mean you know they miss them both. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say on that. I've heard people say, "Well, I miss you know, miss this guy more." The the reality is, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, they're both you know, neither one of them's there. Um, there are situations where you miss Smith more. There are situations where you miss Brazil more. There are situations where you miss them both equally. Um, but you know, who you miss most? I, I mean, I'm not sure about that. Um, if you know, if you had one of them back at help. Well, I don't have the season stats, the compiled stats. I don't know how many minutes Nick Smith even has compiled for the year if you just looked at that. So, I mean, when you say miss somebody, you know, Nick Smith's total minutes is, if it's 100 Yeah, I mean, minutes, I don't know that you surprised. can miss what you really haven't had. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, you're talking about Musk getting frustrated, and he, he should be. Here's my question. We're talking about cutting and back cuts and stuff. How are you supposed to score in the and I know they did at times against Alabama but the whole idea of a back cut or a cut is because the defender is getting up on you on the three-point line because they respect your three-point shot we're, we're gonna see the rest of your in zone and guys are just gonna send the lane sag off the ball the pain is gonna be so congested from here on out I, I just I, I don't know how this team's gonna not gonna gonna be able to score unless they actually start at least are capable of of hitting a couple three-point shots a game. Not two, but like five. Well, I mean, you may be right. We'll see. Uh, I mean, I uh, um, uh, Alabama didn't play zone, not a second. So, I mean, you know, they'll face some and they'll face man. And, um, I mean, you can cut to the basket without being out of the three-point line. I, I mean, you don't have to be out of the three-point line to cut to the basket. So, I mean, they'll um, – you know, I think everybody's looking for a – you know, a magic wand solution, and I'm just not sure that it's there, you know, to be real honest with you in terms of, you know, again, this is going to become a team that, you know, scares the other team to death in terms of their ability to shoot the ball from the perimeter. I, I don't think it's going to be that, that, that type team. So, but, I mean, you can, uh, 
you can still score without being a great three-point shooting team. I mean, yeah. you can uh, you can still put points on the board. I mean, to me, the formula is you got to get Council and Black, and then maybe it's like a Jalen Graham off the bench the other night, or a, uh, I know Council came off the bench as well. You got to get a third player to combine those three guys for thirty some odd. I think you got to get twenty points as a team at the free throw line, and don't worry about the percentage. You just need twenty at the line, and then you get ten from everyone else. And if you get sixty, you hope your defense is good enough that night. Because I think. 60, low 60 is about the best you can hope for moving forward on most nights. Not every night, but most nights. Well, I think if you're going to improve your scoring, um, I don't think it has as much to do with perimeter shooting or even cutting in the half court. I, I think the biggest thing with this team right now is you got to force some turnovers and get out in transition. Um, you got to let this athleticism work for you because that's what you've got right now. You don't have the pure guy from the perimeter. Uh, like you had before, two of them that could score from the perimeter. They got to score off turnovers. They got to steal the ball. Um, you know, if 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 you want to push your scoring from sixty to seventy, and you're not a very good shooting team, uh, you better force some turnovers, and you better score at the other end. And you know, I I you know when you look at this team right now, they're very solid defensively, very solid defensively. In fact, I'd make the case that they played well enough defensively to win all of the conference games they've played so far. But um, the one thing that I do see that's, that, that you'd like to see more of are uh, turnovers and transition points. The, you know, the points off turnovers haven't been good. And, you know, first thing you got to do is protect it yourself. But I think, I think they're going to have to flip them over some on the defensive end and score some points off of it. I was talking to a former player this week, and he suggested speeding up the game. Do you think they should we, – we saw it more with when Trevin and Nick were actually playing, and it's a little harder now because you don't have as many bodies. But, I mean, should they press? Should they half-court press? You're talking about forcing turnovers, and I know sometimes that gets you beat on the back end. But And I know that's not necessarily Eric Musselman's M.O., but if you're trying to, to get it more up and down into a fast-paced game, force the team, so will, we, will we see more of that in the coming weeks? Well, I, I, you know, when they miss shots, yeah. I, I mean, I think you'd like to get out and transition when they miss shots, and that's that's, you know, that that's kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, the other teams, it's 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 not like the teams they're playing are shooting a blistering field goal percentage. I mean, there's not. Um, so, you know, when you talk about getting out in transition, I'm, I mean, you've you've got to do it off the missed shot. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, Arkansas's big out on the perimeter. You know, Black's a big defender. Devo's got a wingspan that, you know, is beyond your average 6'4 guy. Walsh, I mean, you know, look at Walsh. I mean, you've, you've, you 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 got to force some turnovers out there away from the basket. You've, uh, that's how you get in transition. I mean, speeding up the pace, I mean, that's a – I hear you, but you can't just say, all right, we're going to go fast. You may want to go fast. But you got to do the stuff that allows you to do that. Um, so, I mean, um, I just think that defensively, you know, again, I think they're pretty solid. But you got to be able to force some turnovers. Well, I think that's – well, the half court's really solid. What I'm asking is do they need to start kind of pressing or half court press? Because we, we, we saw that a little bit when Trevin was playing – Arkansas press? Talking about Arkansas. No, well, I mean, no. Well, I mean, you got to make no. shots to press. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, thing. when you're shooting 35%, I, yeah. I mean, what are you going to press on? Yeah. I mean, you're going to press them on a baseline out of bounds from a timeout? 
I mean, when you're shooting 35%, you don't and and you're you know, you're not as good as you need to be from the free throw line. I mean, lots of times you see, you know, if they're going to if it's a full court press team, they're going to you know, they're going to press off a made free throw. And you know, when you look at what's going on right there and you're not making free throws and you're shooting 35%, you don't have a chance to get into the press. Yeah. That's why I keep coming back to free. I mean, I don't think you can just get in the gym and improve shooting uh, tremendously and consistently, but I do think free throw shooting is an area that maybe you can you can get better as as the season well, you goes should. along. And you, I mean, and you, you should. Yeah. You can spend time on that, and it doesn't make your legs you know, exhausted for the next game. I think that's an area that you can see some consistent improvement in. But I don't think you're ever, to, to answer your question, Ty, I, I don't, I, you know, when you're going seven or eight deep, um, no, you're not going to – I mean, there may be some times when you do, and they do. There may be some times when you trap when they get to midcourt, and they do. But, you know, if you're asking do you do you start forcing the tempo with a press off a made free throw or a made basket, well, maybe every once in a while. But I, I, don't, I don't think that's the M.O., no. What they do is, like, when the best player, if he starts hitting some shots, I mean, you see must do this. They, they leave the bum, like the guy that can't shoot or, can't, or gets scared or timid, and they, he just sends Jordan, whoever's guarding him, and they say, just go double-team the other guy. And the other guy usually makes a mistake, dribbles off his leg, misses a shot or whatever. They do that when the one guy starts getting hot. But that's kind of like you're talking about. It's, it's just on various occasions. Hey, you know, if you're a seller of a home or a buyer of a home, it's nice to have somebody on your side that really knows what they're doing. We all think we understand it. I do. Everybody kind of does. But the truth is you need a pro when you get into the real estate game. And, you know, when you're selling a home or buying a home, you're in the real estate game. That's why I like Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And that's why I recommend them. And it's why I think you'll like them, too. My experience was as a seller first and then as a buyer. And what I found was that, you know, they did know the market. They did understand all the things that I was going to be faced with and all the things that were going on. And when you're well-trained and you understand what's going on, that makes you a better negotiator. And that benefits you, whether you're a buyer or a seller. And that's what they do at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. Now, they've got a location in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale. They're in Bentonville, Fort Smith. They've recently opened an office in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs all over town, and you can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. How about them Cowboys? Yeah! Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend, Monday night football. i got five other NFL other games to look forward to. Guys, that's going to be one that our audience pays attention to the most. Kansas City Chiefs will not be playing this weekend as they get that first round by. I was talking with Tommy about this before the show, Chuck. He's not too confident. Not a lot of Cowboy fans are confident going against Tom Brady. 7-0 and against Dallas all time. Well, I, I'm, I'm not terribly confident, but frankly, it doesn't have, doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they're playing Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's, you know, he'll be... He'll be have his moments, but he's on the downhill slide. He's not as good this year as he was last year. One as good last year as the year before. So it's not Brady. I just don't think the Cowboys are all that great. I mean, I, I, um, um, I just don't think they're all that great. I, I, I just am afraid that there are going to be problems in terms of turnovers with Tampa Bay's defense. And um, hey, I'm pulling for them. <laughs> I'll be glad to say on Monday morning how about them Cowboys but yeah I I think it's going to be uh, I think they'll be you know that'll be a good win if they win I'll put it that way 
And I think the the winner of this game either way's got one more game. I don't I don't think the winner either team's going very far. So whether it's the Bucks or the Cowboys, I think their uh, their future in the playoffs. I would I surmise or my my theory is they maybe one more game and they'll probably lose. There's, I think you're right. I think you're right. There's such a stark difference between the quarterbacks in the NFC compared to the quarterbacks in the AFC. I mean, you could argue that four of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL are all playing on the AFC rather than the NFC. Like, is that change the dynamic of how the play, how these playoff games are at least viewed and the fact that so many more of the popular quarterbacks are on the other side than on the NFC? Well, sure it does. I mean, and, you know, that's there's, there's, there's reason for that. I mean, you look at the guys in the AFC, I mean, you've got, as you say, you've, you've got the most of the elite guys in the game right now, and that's why I suspect um, unless San Francisco just stays on a roll, um, I suspect the Super Bowl champion is going to come out of the AFC. Bills, how do they approach the playoffs with with Demar Hamlin and the emotional side without getting overcharged? We've talked about this heading into games, playing an old team or whatever. I mean, that was an event that is seldom, if ever, seen on a football field. How, how do you think McDermott and company are approaching not only the game this weekend but the rest of the way with just that whole emotional charge that they're going to be playing with heading into this weekend? I think that has something, you know, I think that's something fans pay attention to. I don't I don't, I don't, don't think in the locker room you call upon that. Uh, these are professional football players. These games are not going to be decided uh, as tragic as that situation was. And I'm not making, uh, you know, I'm not minimizing it in any way. But I don't think it's going to have any effect on what happens in the playoffs. Tommy, you got your. I, I bet. I bet it's more business as usual. Absolutely. behind the scenes, mm-hmm. what they say publicly is one thing. I bet you know, we'd like to have to have this feeling that Demar Hamlin sit at the center of the conversation in every team meeting and every position room meeting. But I think it's probably been a lot more business as usual um, behind the four walls than, than we'd like to recognize or or, or, or understand. You know these. You know these. Th- this is a good football team. They don't need to run on emotion. And uh, again, right. I think you know. I think sometimes we run on emotion about things like this more than more than players and coaches do. To them, it's real life. I mean, they know the guy. It's 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 uh, you know it's about making visits to the hospital. It's about going to see their family. I mean, it's it's a much more personal thing to them. And. I don't believe that, you know, they're going to be necessarily emotionally driven by that out on the field. So outside the Cowboys, what do you think the biggest playoff story? You referenced the San Francisco 49ers. I think a rookie in Brock Purdy, that's a huge storyline if San Fran can get to the Super Bowl and, or win it. what it, The Bills getting over that hump, beating Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, that's another big one. Guys, what's the one that you're keeping an eye on heading into this weekend, the coming weeks? Well, the media is going to make the Hamlin story the big thing. I mean, there's no doubt, and I don't. I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying that's what's going to happen, and uh, that's that's you know that's going to be the overriding storyline. Um, you know, Philadelphia was the best team week in and week out in the NFC, but I think San Francisco's the best team right now. Um, you know, if Buffalo and Kansas City end up playing, I guess they're going to play in Atlanta. Is that what I read? Uh, Correct. If 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 they you know if those are the two teams on that fast track down there, uh, man, that'll be one to watch. 
Winner plays Georgia, Tommy, and the uh, dogs are a three-point favorite on the Bet Saracen app. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be a pick'em game, seems like, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I, that's that's something, uh, Chuck. What you just said is the most intriguing thing to me. If the Bills make it to the AFC Championship and the Chiefs make it to the AFC Championship, I don't know if, if there's precedent on this before. I don't know if we've ever had a neutral side AFC or NFC Championship. Well, not in my lifetime. So I mean, I yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, we can talk about precedent. I mean, ultimately, they'll, you know, they'll they'll play the game on the field. And 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 my point is, it's a fast track. It's an indoor stadium. It's a fast track. The elements aren't going to be a factor at all. You've got two great quarterbacks. Uh, you got teams that can move that football up and down the field in a hurry. And I think it'll be that kind of game. If those are the two teams playing, um, I mean, as I say, I mean, sit back because it's going to be fun to watch. And you know who likes the uh, the fact that it's Atlanta more than anybody? The kickers for both teams. Because yeah, you're right about that. Kick, might have a 65-yarder. <laughs> yeah, they love the fact that they're going to be a kicking in a dome perhaps for, uh, well, for a trip hey, to the Super Bowl. Well, hey, let me tell you, in a game like that, they're going to be kicking extra points. I yeah. don't think they're going to be kicking a lot of field goals. Uh, old Harrison yeah. Butker and Tyler Bass, uh, they're they're sending their check to the NFL based on that. I'm, I'm with you. That game, I don't know what it's going to be over-under on that one, Chuck, but it's going to be like, 70 or 80. That game's about touchdowns. Yeah, it's going to be back and forth, back and forth. That will be one of the highest rated NFL games. But they're not there. Yeah. I mean, we can sit here and talk about how great it's going to be. They're not there. It's football playoff and bowl season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. With 64-inch TVs everywhere, cold beer, delicious burgers, and you-know wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch all the playoff and bowl games. So bring the game and join us this playoff and bowl season at our Conway, Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, and Fort Smith locations. Buffalo Wild Wings, your home for the big games. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So when I was doing halftime with Phil, I know he was very vocal about this. And I saw this report from CBS Sports that AAA baseball is expected to use an automated ball strike system starting this year. Chuck, I don't know if I've ever gotten your opinion on this. Are you in favor of... Of an automated strike zone? No, I don't like it. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't even like replaying baseball. Interesting. I think you've taken the these 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 people forget that this is entertainment. This is entertainment. You know, with with robot umpires, those, there's no Earl Weaver, there's no Billy Martin, That's right? There's That's no right. Leo DeRocher. There's none of those guys. There's no Casey Stengel. There's nothing. And they, um, uh, this is a bunch of geeks that are too <laughs> too fascinated with computers. You know, to your point, 
you know, and you mentioned a bunch of guys that I'm sure Ty's going, who, who is Casey Stingle? No, Jim but, Joyce, uh, that's about it. But he, the, 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 well, but, well, these guys are managers. Him. Yeah. But w- I want Lou Pinella to come out and kick some dirt. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I want Billy Martin to come out and raise some hell. Whitey Herzog. With, with, I mean, they've lost that. Right. George Brett doesn't fly out of the dugout for pine tar anymore because now with replay, there's no need to get fired up. And you're exactly right, Chuck. Part of the entertainment value in sports is oftentimes the argument. And Dave Van Horn rarely charges out of the dugout and goes and argues with the second base umpire over safer out because we're just going to go to replay and we'll figure it out. And I think that's part of the entertainment value we miss as fans. If you've got, and I'm just going to pull numbers out of the air here, let's say you got 10,000 people in the stands and you got a bang-bang play at first base or a bang-bang play at third, guys trying to stretch a double into a triple, um, and the call goes doesn't go your way, and the manager, the coach comes out, <laughs> and, man, you got a five-minute rhubarb out there, all right? <laughs> How many of those 10,000 people would rather see that yeah. or would rather sit there for three minutes while they go over to the dugout and look at the replay? You know, here's the thing. There's only going to be about 15 or 20% of the people out there that are going to say the most important thing that happened today was, man, I watched that replay on that play third base. They forget it's entertainment. That's why crowds are dwindling, and it's why people are bored. But but what have I? What was his name? Don Deckinger at third base. You first know, base. those are the first base. Whatever. Well, you know, when I was a kid. But, but but that's the play. You know, World Series. That you know, that that's that's the reason you need a replay. Is is situations like that where a title is on the line. All right. Well, now let me ask you this: Is baseball better served by replay on that play, or is baseball better served by the lore of Don Deckinger? Here we are almost 40 years 40. later. Yeah. And for Cardinal fans, he's a household name. And yeah. for Royals fans, I mean, they buried him with a ring. Uh, I mean, it was uh, uh, I mean, it's the truth. And yeah, so, no, you're uh, right. um, you know, if you decide that call by replay, Cardinals win the world championship. All of us brag mm-hmm. about it. But there's no story. There's nothing there. And these guys... I don't know. I don't know what goes through their brain when it comes to this stuff. I think a lot of it is is just pure flat out ego, and this is entertainment. Baseball's numbers are going through the floor, and there's a reason because they're 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 so eaten up with analytics now. They think a yeah. two thirty hitter that it's forty home runs is an all star, and uh, um, ev- everything's driven by computer geeks. <laughs> this is a terrible idea, and um, it's going to make baseball even more esoteric and more boring, and it's one of the dumbest things they could ever do, in my opinion. And uh, I'm glad to say that the union, the umpires' union, will never let that happen in Major League Baseball. So, there may be some robotics to it, but they'll never replace human beings at the major league level because the union will never let it happen. So is Billy Bean's fault, Chuck? He I didn't say it was this. Billy Bean. I know that's a, uh, that's a simplistic way of looking at it. No, it's not Billy Bean's fault. It's high def TV's fault because the clearer the picture, the more replay angles we have now, the more no, that we're well, we're ahead, proving humans wrong. We're proving humans wrong, and everybody wants it to be right for their team, wrong for the other team. 
and now we can see and watch the game, Chuck, better than we ever have before because of 15 cam- camera angles and uh, drones and, and high-def looks that we didn't have in 1985. Well, you know, you've turned the game over to math majors is basically what you've done. I mean, all these general managers look exactly alike. Everything's analytics-driven. And um, because we, as you say, are fascinated by numbers, fascinated by new things, um, I think I think sports people, frankly, buy way too much into analytics. But sometimes just watch the game. Sometimes just watch the guy. Play your gut. That's what makes sports fun. That's what makes sports debatable in the aftermath. That's what makes guys like us have an opportunity to talk about it on a show. Um, you know... Sports is about getting people talking at the water cooler in the morning. That's how you drive the bus. And you've got to have instances where things aren't perfect. You've got to have instances where you don't get it exactly right. That's what keeps the conversation going. That's what keeps it at the forefront. I think they've lost sight of that, and that's why Major League Baseball's dying. Craig can't agree with you more. He texted in. He's like, I've never agreed with Chuck more than anything that I am right now. So I think there's a lot of people listening right now, Chuck, that are 100% with you. Well, I mean, you know, if you're old enough to remember when baseball was actually great uh, and you've got a brain, uh, you've you've been able to understand how this slide's gone. I think I, I... Tommy, I think I struck a nerve this morning. I didn't know how passionate Chuck would <laughs> be about well, this. Well, you asked. You asked. <laughs> hey, man, this is what I want, man. This is what I need. I'm good for this. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush daily question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Baxter Health. Compassionate care beyond measure. Chuck, we were talking about this in hour number one. Interesting story. Kevin Warren, the former commissioner of the Big Ten, has now accepted the Chicago Bears president and CEO job. Now, there's more that's got to be to this story. But what did you think about that move that came out yesterday? Not surprised. In our part of the world, college football drives the bus. But in most of America, it's the NFL. And uh, I don't know what the gig pays. Um, I know that being a conference commissioner right now is uh, <laughs> it's a pretty difficult job. Now, rebuilding the Bears is a pretty difficult job, too. But if he comes up short there, he won't be the first one. And um, so, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not a Bears fan. And I don't really pay that much attention to the Big Ten. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't really have a, you know, a real feeling either way. Yeah. The league office is in Chicago, right? So this isn't like he's got to pick up his roots and move his family across the country. Uh, you know, it's it's right there. I'm sure he's had connections. In fact, I think part of his resume in the past has been with the Bears. So it might be like going home for him, and he's not going to have to probably move homes uh, from this current job. But, uh, man, when you're president and CEO, you're one of 32. When you're a Power 5 conference commissioner, I don't think you're just one of five. If you're the Big Ten or the SEC, you're – kind of co-kings of the mountain. So, I mean, he had one of the the premier jobs in college sports. But, Chuck, I, I didn't think about that angle. A lot of people just consider college, you know, just a, it's in the back seat to pro sports. And, you know, maybe in his mind, pro sports, the NFL is, is big time, and college football, even as a commissioner, uh, is secondary to a role like this. Well, you could combine the numbers 
just to put it in perspective, you could combine the highest-viewed Big Ten game with the highest-viewed SEC game all season long, put the numbers together, and it wouldn't equal what the Chiefs and the Bills had for their game. And it's not going to exceed or even come close to what happens in the NFL playoffs. The college football national championship game, I mean, it's a blip on the radar compared to how many people watch the Super Bowl. I mean, the NFL drives the bus nationally. Again, in our part of the world, it's college football. But in the rest of the country, I mean, it's undeniable. It's the NFL. So he brokered that $1.2 million uh, deal with NBC, CBS, and Fox. Now, unless I'm just forgetting, SEC hasn't finalized their deal with ESPN yet, correct? They haven't done that? With the, I haven't the read new, that they, they have. I'm not I sure where they okay. are on that. Yeah. No. I, I, I mean, it's coming at some point. That's the starting point, right? If you're Greg Sankey and the rest of his team, that's where you start money-wise, correct, based on what the big I don't team. know about that. I don't know about that. I, I, I mean, you get into demographics when you start talking about money and advertising and TV revenue and things like that, and the Big Ten's going to win the demographic race and uh, just, just based on geography. So, I mean, um, I don't know that that's the starting point or not. The SECs will probably – or the – SEC ESPN deal may end up being bigger in terms of dollars. I don't know. Um, I don't know that, you know, um, <laughs> if the game's on television, we're going to watch, and none of that money's going to go in our pockets. So however much they make, good for them. Chuck, what Tommy brought up in hour one is that he believes the SEC will take a stronger approach with leading the NIL and portal decisions with the Big Ten seemingly not having a, a guy in charge right now. You kind of feel that same way with kind of a lack of leadership up there. Well, I'm not sure. I I, I haven't really thought about it in that respect. To be honest with you, I I don't um, um, I don't know that there's a you know a competitive advantage necessarily to be gained by him leaving. Um, the thing about being a commissioner is, I mean, you know, you're not just the commissioner for you know one or two schools. I mean, you're the commissioner for you know, in the SEC's case, 14, about to be 16. So. You know, you're not going to control everything in terms of, you know, what happens in the league and um, television revenue is going to be what television revenue is, and both both leagues are going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're going to make you know silly money. So, um, I don't know about that. Yeah, and, and and to clarify, your you asked me the question, where could there be a competitive advantage? I don't know that there will be, but. You know, I don't think conference expansion is coming while they don't have a, a CEO, if you will, at the top of the Big Ten. I don't think the SEC swooping in and getting teams away from them or go, going to disrupt one of their TV deals. I, I think what is paramount now at the forefront right now and what the appetite in college sports for is right now is some reform with the portal, with NIL, early signing period. Those are things people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And decisions are going to be made in the short term uh, perhaps, and I think maybe the SEC has a stronger voice because those are the things that seem to be front-burner guys. Well, the SEC, you know, Sankey's always going to have a strong voice. Um, and, you know, I'll just draw an analogy. If the situation were reversed, and let's say Greg Sankey had left to become the president of the Atlanta Falcons, uh, it's not like the SEC, it's not like they're going to walk in the next morning and, you know, everybody's going to be, you know, what you know, what do we do? Um, they've had people there that have been there a long time that could – you know, they could carry on the next day as if nothing happened. And I'm sure it's that way. I'm sure it's that way in the Big Ten, too. The, the, you know, you were talking about the portal. Um, 
you know, I, I think the time's coming very quickly where they're going to do away with the early signing period in college football. Mm-hmm. And I suspect whoever the Big Ten commissioner is is going to be on board with that. I suspect whoever the Pac-12, you know, whoever the guys in charge are, there's there's just some basic common sense involved there. I know Sankey talked about that the other day. But I think that's something right now. Some of the large issues in college football, you know, once you get beyond the television negotiations, and let's face it, however it turns out, you're going to be filthy, stinking rich. Um, but I think a lot of the front burner issues are common sense issues. And I think a lot of the commissioners are going to be on the same page on some of those issues. One of the points that you just made about Warren is in our neck of the woods, we think college football reigns supreme. And most of the time it does. We're talking Razorbacks pretty much 24-7, especially Arkansas football. This is really the first weekend, not that we're not going to have our eyes on Razorback basketball, but with the NFL playoffs starting, it's kind of taking – center stage. And I want to go to something Jerry Jones said yesterday about Mike McCarthy and just kind of his future with the Cowboys. No. just uh, I don't even want to. Uh, no. That's it. I, I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses, but uh, uh, we're not seeing any. We're not uh, basing. I've got uh, a lot more to evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. That was a question in reference to if they lose this game, is, is his future in jeopardy? Are we going to keep asking this question as long as Sean Payton is not coaching an NFL team, Chuck? Oh, I, I think the, you know, the idea that you know that's one of those questions reporters ask, and they know he can't say yes. His yes, his job's on the line. I mean, they know that. Um, that you know that's 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 one of those questions that always gets asked, but the answer is always the same. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy's coaching for his job, just like every other coach in the NFL is. And um, you know, if 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 they lose. Monday night, I I suspect there will be a coaching change. Um, if they lose in the next round, I suspect there will be a coaching change. I think change is coming there. But the idea that, you know, the owner of the team four or five days before the playoff game is going to go, oh, yeah, my head coach's job's on the line today. I mean, uh, you're not going to get that answer ever. No, I mean, and, and that's never been Jerry's nature. And no. really, Jerry, Jerry's nature has been, uh, not that he shies away from the media attention, but he held on to Jason Garrett for a long time. I mean, you say change, you you kind of feel is maybe closer to imminent than, uh, than, than maybe will be evaluated. But I just think about Jason Garrett and how long and how patient Jerry Jones was with him, but he hadn't invested $40 million in a quarterback with Jason Garrett either as the head coach. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I, they, uh, um, you know, they've got issues beyond the head coach. I'll just put it that way. Hey, I do know this, that if you live in north central Arkansas, you are very fortunate that Baxter Health is right there in your own backyard because when it comes to health and healing, there really is no place like home. And at Baxter Health, providing compassionate care beyond measure is their mission. They want you to feel like you're at home as best you can, I guess, when you're in a health care facility. And they heal you that way. And that is right there in our own backyard. Now, Baxter Health's a magnet-recognized healthcare facility, wide variety of specialized care, uh, neurosurgery, urology, women's health, orthopedics, infectious disease, pain management, the list goes on and on. And this is important, too. They've got family medicine and physical therapy clinics that are now accepting new patients, 11 counties in Arkansas and Missouri. If you'd like more information, you can visit baxterhealth.org. 
Baxter Health, compassionate care beyond measure. Speaking of health, I do want to update everyone on the status of Peyton Hillis. He is off the ventilator, according to his girlfriend. Now, according to her, she's still got a ways to go. But we did get that positive news this week, Chuck, that he's at least heading in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, it's, uh, as we've discussed, I mean, really just a heroic act by uh, Peyton and happy to hear things are going well. That's yeah. a, and, I, and, and I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys know. I probably shouldn't put you on the spot. What, what is home base today for Peyton Hillis? Do we know where? Is he living in Arkansas or is he living uh, he somewhere else? Because I don't, I don't know. I, should, I don't probably know. shouldn't ask, but I don't know. I either. think he's so. in central Arkansas, but I am not <sighs> certain where on that. And yeah. I apologize for not knowing. I, th- I don't either. Someone told me he was in Siloam, but I, don't, I can't verify necessarily the authenticity of that. Um, he was, well, he was volunteer words, coaching know. up there a while. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Meaning we'll get a text from somebody that <laughs> will right. Like Zippy? Is that, yeah. is that verified? But, uh, but uh, you know, heroic act. I, I, Chuck, you, you've been to Florida a lot. and You, you know what kind of goes on down there. I'm sure this is, you know, maybe not the story, but people ha- drowning, people going through this kind of treatment, I'm sure it's uh, something the hospitals down there are accustomed to to dealing with uh, to some degree, and uh, he probably had really good care, I would guess. I'm sure he did. They're just nearby the ocean. So. And sometimes, and, and, and I, you know, I, I don't really know anything about it. I just know that, you know, um, a young, you know, a young body is a pretty powerful healer. And yep. uh, he's, uh, fortunately, he's young and probably in a whole lot better condition than the average guy. Yeah. And so he's, uh, um, but very, very happy that, He's he's doing well. Tucky, he's doing better. You know how you see some guys even today, 20, 30 years, like Herschel Walker. If you look at Herschel today, he still does like a thousand push ups, thousand sit ups, still looks like he could play. Peyton's one of those guys that you still feel like he could play if he really wanted to, even though he's a yeah. few years past his time. So, first time I ever laid eyes on him, it was at Gerald Williams Bulldog Stadium, just down the road from where we operate in Springdale. And he was playing for Conway, and it was a preseason jamboree they had three or four teams in there and fort smith south side was one of them and i was doing some radio work and just happened to be down on the field and he's coming from the running back spot he's lead blocking and the defensive end steps up and he's going to try to make the tackle and peyton hillis just i mean trucks him just rolls him the linebacker comes up next he just just bulldozes him here comes the safety, and that guy had seen what happened, and he just took off the other direction. He wanted no part of that. And even from the from his high school days, he was as physically dominant as we all fell in love with when he was a Razorback. Great player. I mean, great, mm-hmm. great player. The deal about Payne was he's I, – I think people forget he missed the, what, the last three games in 06 down the stretch, if I remember that right. Like, that injury, I know that people forgot about that. Thigh bruise. Yeah, yeah something like that. But he also just could catch the football. So he was – He Matt always talks to me about Matt Jones. He always, like, guys that can just play anything, like any position. Payton was one of those guys that could run, that could catch, that could block. He could he really do it football all. Player. Football, football, yeah, football player. Football player. Football yep. player. Exactly right. All right, let's come back to tomorrow afternoon in Nashville, Memorial Gymnasium. We're talking about kind of the setup later. I don't know, Chuck, you kind of said earlier, I don't know if they're going to come out shooting a blistering percentage tomorrow, but I have to think at some point they're going to click at least shooting the basketball. I'm not I'm not talking about from three, but at some point these they keep getting to the line. Those free throws, if they keep working on them, they've, they've got to start falling at some point, I would think. Well, 
if you're talking about free throws, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's always an opportunity to improve there. And if that's going to be their M.O., you know, if they're going to want to get to the free throw line, then, you know, you need to make your free throws. And uh, I don't think that you're going to wave a magic wand and make this a great shooting team. I, I don't think, you know, there's going to be a point where we look at them and go, man, that is a really good shooting team. So you got to win in other ways. Uh, you got to do it in different ways. And, um, you know, I, as we were discussing earlier in the last hour, I, I think um, I think forcing more turnovers, defending the perimeter, getting some steals, uh, getting some points in transition, I think those are, the, you know, that's, that's certainly something that would help. Um, but, you know, you're going to have to be gritty, you know, until or unless, um, you know, Smith comes back. You're not going to get Brazil back. And even if Smith does come back, I mean, you're, your identity is going to have to be a gritty team. Uh, you may have a night where a guy like Black or a guy like Council just goes off. But more oftentimes than not, your margin for error is not going to be as great as it would be if you had, you know, two or three guys that can knock it down. And so um, I think this will be that type game. I think they're going to play a lot of games like this during the month of January particularly. But um, there's a lot of time between now and March. Uh, again, I, I I don't think though that you know there is a a magic wand solution to turning this into an eighty point team. I, I don't I don't see that happening. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. All right, hour number three of Fast Break Friday here on the Morning Rush. We got NFL playoffs this weekend. We got Arkansas and Vanderbilt tomorrow at one. You also got some SEC basketball that I know a lot of you will be paying attention to, particularly what's going on in Knoxville between the Cats and the Balls. We'll talk about those games coming up in just a sec here, Tommy, on a Fast Break Friday. You know, we're a couple of weeks into a brand new year, and you don't have to live this year like you did in 22 with joint pain that keeps you from fishing, from going you know, hunting, climbing your tree stand, golf uh, on, a, on a great spring or summer day. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in advanced regenerative medicine. They've got unique protocols that use the healing agents from your own body to target aching joints, repairing and restoring the damaged tissue in your body. Call QC Kinetics 
and ask more about their life-changing, all-natural treatments that can get you living your best life again here in 2023. I'm a fan. You'll be raving about their treatments uh, when you uh, go through their process. 479-999-1234. Hey, the future of joint pain management and appointments are available for you next week right here in Northwest Arkansas. 999-1234 for QC Kinetics. We don't have any ranked matchups this weekend in this league, but uh, Kentucky is still very intriguing to me how this season plays out with Cal. Tennessee's playing great basketball right now. Guys, do you expect this game to be competitive in Knoxville tomorrow at 11 o'clock? I think it'll be competitive, yes. That's a rivalry game. You know, Tennessee and Kentucky, you go back, before we were in the league, um, you know that's a uh, that's a rivalry game. Tennessee views Kentucky as their biggest basketball rival, and a lot of years it's been the other way around too. So I think that'll be a competitive game, but I think uh, Tennessee will win. Yeah, it's a point of pride I think right now for Kentucky. I mean they their backs are to the wall. There's a lot being said about them. Um, you know, it, it's kind of man check time. I think gut check time for. For Kentucky. So Kentucky's got similar issues that, that Arkansas does. They can't really shoot. They got that Frederick kid that they aren't using as much, but uh, defensively, it's weird. Like Cal usually has his guys playing good defense early on. They're not necessarily clicking on an offense. And Chuck, from what you've watched, is, is that the weirdest thing about this team is the fact that they're not really playing on the defensive side of the floor? Well, they've got a couple of players. I mean, they've they've had some injuries too. I mean, they uh, they they've not been playing with a full deck. I just don't think that I just don't think they've got as good of players as some of the teams that they've played. I I, I think they've been passed in recruiting, um, and you know um, they're good. Uh, whether or not they're going to be in the NCAA tournament, I don't know. I I would imagine that they will be, but you know. I just think Tennessee's a better team. You know, when talking about the game tomorrow, if that's what you're talking about, I I mean, Tennessee's better. Tennessee's better than Kentucky. They're playing at home. Tennessee will win, I think. But I don't think it's, you know, I don't don't think it means Kentucky's terrible. I just think it means Tennessee's really good. I look at kind of the rest of the games. I think what we're seeing is is, – I think what we're seeing is Alabama and Tennessee guys are just on a different level than – Teams three through fourteen, or three through eight or nine, wherever you want to break it off at. But th- those two are on a different level currently. Uh, may not stay that way, but currently they're just playing better than everybody else. You might have to have on our Pradco Pyramid of Power next week, Tommy. Them being one A and one B, and having just two teams or one team in that in that <laughs> tier two category because it's uh, it's looking like that Nate Oates and Rick Barnes clash coming up in February. It's going to be one that a lot of eyes, not just in the SEC, will be on. With that, what do, we, what do we make of Missouri? We get them next week on the road. It's kind of close up from when you played them at home. Really, first half they played a lot better. Second half they fell apart against you. They're going to Florida this week. What have we made of a ranked team that I don't think a lot of people thought much of Coach Gates and company heading into this season? Well, I think they played well. I mean, I think they played well. I think they're one of the teams in the league that, you know, when people started casting their preseason votes, not a lot of people thought about. But you look at them right now, and that's a good team. Now, Florida's struggled some, uh, but they're still at home, and it's still a difficult place to go play. I mean, you know, it's not like Arkansas has won a bunch of games down there. So it'll be tough for Mizzou to win it, but I kind of think they'll go on the road and win the game. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, 
Missouri's clearly been a team that uh, I think a, a lot of people thought this would be a transition, rebuilding year with with a new coach, and they, they have exceeded and surprised most people's expectations so far. I think a lot of people were surprised initially at what Mississippi State has done, but they've taken a step back in conference play. They're going to a place that you just had to go this past Saturday in Auburn. I mean, that outside of Bud Walton Arena, you could argue that Auburn's probably the toughest place to play in the SEC based on their win streak alone. Is is Auburn going to – I mean, do you think they lose a home game all year? Are they going to keep that – I think they're up to 20, 27, 28 now. Are they going to keep? Are they going to win every single game at home the rest of the way? Alabama will beat them there if they play them there. I don't know what the schedule is, but if Alabama plays them there and they're at full strength, they'll beat them. But other than I, I that, they Alabama's might win the them all. To beat. That's a tough, yeah. uh, tough game. All right, speaking of Alabama, they host LSU, who is another kind of surprise team. Uh, McMahon has done a pretty decent job there since getting there. They played. I think every game, even losses, they've been competitive this season. Any, I mean, Bama has just won their one of the biggest wins of the season going to Bud Walton. Is there any letdown coming back home when L- with LSU coming to town? I don't know about a letdown. I mean, you're not going to be great every time out. I don't know that Alabama considers their performance this past Wednesday night to be great. I don't know. I, I'm I, I I don't know what their reaction was after the game, other than you know, hey, we're really happy we won. So. Um, you know, Alabama, I just think right now, and it doesn't mean it'll be this way in a month, but right now Alabama looks like they're clicking on all cylinders or at least closer than any other team in the league. Uh, but I, I suspect LSU will play their brakes off. I, I, I mean, I, I would imagine LSU will come in there and, 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 you know, give them all they got, but I would think Alabama would win. Yeah. Question is: Is Alabama playing their absolute best right now? Maybe too early, or has, is the best yet to come? We just don't know the answer. But if Alabama gets a lot better, that's pretty scary. But you know, even if you're an Alabama fan and you're you're Nate Oates and you're that staff, you don't. January's not the time to peak. So I don't. I think the best is yet to come for for this Alabama team. Even well, the thing that you know, as we've come to see very quickly, that you know things can change. I mean, in the blink of an eye, things can change. Um, you don't have a Trevin Brazil. You don't have a Nick Smith. Um, you know, Alabama could lose Brandon Miller. Alabama could lose Noah Clowney. Betty Ocko, something could happen. Same thing with, the, you know, with Tennessee, some of the other teams. I mean, um, as we've seen, it can change in a hurry. So all that's going to factor in, too. I want to come back to this Arkansas game tomorrow afternoon. By the way, it's on ESPNU in addition to being right here with Chuck and Z on ESPN Arkansas at 1 o'clock. Arkansas, one of the things they got dominated on Wednesday night was the the fast break points that I think a lot of people were surprised at. Chuck, you mentioned that in hour two, how they've got to get more out in transition and stuff. I know that it's also contingent on stopping Bandy and whoever else they play moving forward. Is that something you expect? to see tomorrow is must telling them to push the pace a little more and get some fast break opportunities well i think you do that with your defense um you know you do that forcing turnovers you do that getting steals out on the perimeter you do it off long rebounds um you know and look if if you're going to want to do much beyond that you got to make some shots um so you know I, i i think you'd love to push the pace when you can but, you know, the game's going to dictate some of that. What you're able to do is going to dictate some of that. Or in some cases, what you're not able to do is going to dictate some of that. But, 
you know, I think if you you know if, if you're going to get out on the floor and score in transition, you better force some live ball turnovers or be ready to go off long rebounds. Yeah, because uh, that's the area you look at the other night was the pass break points. What was it, twenty four to? Seven, I get the box score here. 24, 24, 24 to four, and those came I mean, off turnovers past, primarily. Past, yeah, yeah. You, you know, early in the yeah. ball game, particularly. I mean, Alabama. I mean, the you know the points off turnovers was huge. When they forced a turnover, they scored off of it, which tells mm-hmm. you that generally, if that's happening out on the perimeter somewhere. You're you're getting in transition off that, and you're scoring on the other end. Yeah. I mean, points off turnovers for Alabama was 24. Their fast break points were 24. I don't think that's a coincidence. No, not at all. I think there's a chance that Mutt starts Jalen Graham tomorrow. Best game of the season. I know he's not as polished defensively as Mutt wants him to be, but we've seen him mix it up a little bit. Any chance that Jalen starts tomorrow? I'm not sure what they're thinking there. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it's game to game with matchups in the – what what the other team presents on their front line, but he, I thought he was the the player of the game as far as expectations and playing better than you thought. Uh, I thought he came off the bench and Chuck added a real spark for the team uh, against Alabama. No doubt about it. I mean, as 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 Muss has said, he is, and as we've seen, I mean, he, he's very good on the offensive end. Now, coaches see other things beyond what we see when somebody has the basketball, and I know he talked about you know, closing out when Clowney hit that three out of the corner. And, um, you know, when you talk about does somebody start, um, I've always maintained this, that you can tell the level of trust a coach has in a player by whether he puts him out there with a the game on the line. And um, I think that's, mm-hmm. the, uh, that's the bigger question is, you know, if you get in a situation with a game on the line, uh, who are the guys that you trust out there? You know, Vandy's a pretty good rim-protecting team. They've uh, they've got a seven-foot transfer out of Minnesota. He's a pretty decent player, good player. I shouldn't say pretty decent. He's a good player. Uh, Vanderbilt's been pretty good on the offensive glass. They don't shoot it real well. So sometimes when you don't shoot it real well, your best offense is, you know, put it up and go get it. And that's kind of what they've done. They've had some games where they've been really competitive, like against Tennessee the other night. They've had some games where they've not been competitive at all. They've just been terrible. Uh, but I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, uh, Jerry Stackhouse is telling his team, we can win this game. I mean, he's telling them, we won at Bud yeah. Walton Arena last year. We can win at home. And even for teams that don't win a lot of games, there are certain ball games, certain Saturdays generally, where you get their best shot. And, and, and I suspect that's going to happen tomorrow. You know, one of the plays from Jalen Graham the other night you won't find in the, the box score, he got a rebound. Um, he was in the first half, and he was kind of pinned under the goal, but they, he could have dribbled out. There was an Alabama uh, defender, I guess it would be, standing out of bounds. He just banged the ball off of him. He didn't want anything to do with trying to dribble uh, and get and find a guard to get it to, but uh, just kind of got out of bounds and, and basically set up a scenario where we're not going to turn the ball over, right, or, or I'm not going to turn the ball over, but he wanted no part of dribbling out of that, Chuck. He's a, I mean, he's he's a good player. He's, he's, he's got a lot Smart of moves player. around yeah. the basket. Um He's a veteran player, um, and you know when you score sixteen, I mean you uh, you're probably going to get to play the next time out. Uh, but I do think that, and this ball game may be one of those you know may, may be one of those low scoring games. But when you're playing a team that's really good on the offensive glass, keeping them off the offensive glass is just as important as scoring. 
you certainly don't want to trade basket for basket in that respect. So um, those 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 things are important too. Well, that's a strength on strength because Arkansas is number one in the league in preventing offensive rebounds, and hopefully they'll show up tomorrow in that category. So you kind of just laid out seven-footer, what they do well. Chuck, no Scotty Pippen Jr. on this Vandy team, but tell our listeners like kind of what else they, they do under Jerry Stackhouse. Well, they don't have the you know, the 30-point-a-game guy like Pippen is. I mean, as I said, I mean, they, they struggle to shoot. Um, they've struggled to score in games. There have been games where they've scored below 50. It's not a great offensive team. Uh, but that doesn't mean that that's not what Arkansas will see tomorrow. My, my, my concern, you know, in, in terms of tomorrow is, is not necessarily what kind of team Vanderbilt's had overall. Um, it's what kind of team they're going to have for two hours tomorrow. You go play on the road on Saturday in the SEC, and that's why I said a minute ago, if yeah, that's I think Arkansas will get their best shot tomorrow, even in situations where you have teams that struggle to win. There's going to be a Saturday or two out there where they play really well at home, and generally it is on a Saturday when things like that happen. And um, I think I think Arkansas will get their best shot. I think it'll be a decent yeah, number. You- go ahead, Tommy. When you go from, you know, and it wasn't the late game Wednesday night, it was the 6 o'clock game. You go from a night game Wednesday to, to playing on Saturday. You got one less day than the teams that played on Tuesday. And uh, how does that change the preparation for the players and the staff when you've got, you know, just one less working day to get ready for the Saturday game? Well, it happens pretty quick. I mean, you think about, you know, you're playing a game on Wednesday night and – you know, you don't wake up with a bounce in your step, I wouldn't think, Thursday morning, uh, whether you win or lose. You know, there's a physical toll. There's only so much you're going to be able to get done on Thursday. You may not be any good on Wednesday night. I'm not saying that was the case here, but just generally speaking, your team may not be any good on Wednesday night, and you may want to work them out for <laughs> three hours to try to correct it. But if you got a game on Saturday, you can't do that. And if it's a road game, you travel Friday. Right. So that's just sort of how it works. And that's the, um, you know, that's as we've discussed with trying to, you know, get it right offensively, if you want to use that phrase, uh, that's why it's difficult to do in season. You can't go back and have a week between games where, hey, we're going to practice two hours every day. We're going to say do it again a thousand times and we're going to get it right. I mean, it's uh, plus, I mean, you've got to be physically ready to play. I mean, you've got to be able to, you know, get out on the floor and play well with maximum effort the next time out. So, uh, yeah, it, it happens quick, that's for sure. And you're going to travel, so, I mean, it just, uh, it all, you know, just really, I, my, my, as I was thinking through it, there's just no court time really available at all for the team to to really go through what you, what you consider a practice, pretty much what you just said there. So it'll all turn around here pretty fast. Talk about travel, Tommy. Chuck, I think you mentioned this on Wednesday. I've got a good number of friends that are that are going to this game that are either driving over from Arkansas or that are, live in Nashville. So I think you'll. It's kind of like when they play in football. I don't know if it'll be the same split when you play Vanderbilt in football, but I think you'll see a good number of Hawk fans in attendance tomorrow. There'll be some there. I mean, there'll be more Vanderbilt fans, obviously. And and you know, basketball is different than football. I mean, football you can. You know, you can max out. You can get five, seven, eight thousand tickets if you know if you're willing to guarantee them as a road team. So, you know, you've got an opportunity to have a section that everybody notices. Basketball is a little bit different. I think Arkansas's allotment for this weekend is about a hundred. You know, some sometimes it's a little more than that. Um, 
But I do think there will be fans, particularly from the eastern side of the state, that can make it a day trip. It's a 1 o'clock game. You can get up early, drive over, go to the game, drive home. I think there'll be some people in the eastern part of the state that do that. I can't remember if it was last year or this year when they it was reported they had a players-only meeting. Chuck, based on what you've seen in the games this season, is there an unquestioned leader player-wise of this basketball team, or do you think it's more like leadership by committee at this point? Well, I think if you look at what's going on on the floor, you know, Anthony Black's been the guy that obviously has the ball in his hands the most, and, you know, from that perspective, you're the uh, you're the leader. Um, you know, I think Kamani Johnson um, is, is, is a real leader on this team, and, and I think Devo is too, and that's the way it needs to be. I mean, they're the two guys that are back. Um, you know, I think Kamani's voice is really powerful with this team. Um, but I think, you know, among the players that are playing right now, you know, if you go by performance, um, you know, Anthony Black's the guy that you look to. But, you know, in terms of the locker room, um, you know, I think you look to the two guys who've been there before. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards.